Blog Talk Radio. standing in for Dr. Ross Green, who is testifying today on an anti-restraint and seclusion bill in Maine. Um, He could potentially join us at some point because we never know how these things will go. Um, But as of a few minutes ago, it wasn't looking good. So we'll keep an eye out and see if um, he can end up joining the program. So it's time for another edition of Parenting Your Challenging Child. We do this podcast the first Tuesday of the month um, from September to May at 11 Eastern time. Being that it's May 4th today, this is our last episode before our summer break. So after today, we will uh, see you again in September. Um, This is the show where we do our best to help you with your behaviorally challenging child, help you figure out what's going on, and hopefully help you to figure out some things that are going to work. Our call-in number for the show is 347-994-2981. Make sure to press 1 to get you in the queue. I am expecting some of our uh, B-team parents to join us today, and I believe one of them just did. Let's see if this is Jennifer. Jennifer, is that you? Hi there. It is. Can you hear me? Good morning. Good I morning. Can. Yeah. Excellent. How are you today? I am good. I'm, I'm, I had like just said your name and then you popped up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's unusual for me. My timing is not usually anywhere near that good. <laughs> <laughs> well, fantastic. Um, before we don't have any callers lined up, so before we dive into our emails, did you have anything that you wanted to bring up today? Um, I would just love to mention that I was talking with um, a woman who runs a site for parents online this morning. Uh, she was asking me a couple questions about using CPS, and it reminded me that we focus so much on, especially, you know, the name of the show is Parenting Your Challenging Child, although I know Dr. Green really wants to change that. But in talking with her, it reminded me that we people think of CPS and of Plan B as a behavior program. And I was saying again this morning that it's it's not a behavior program. It's a communication model, and it works with all people, not just our kids. So when you have a spouse who you're not seeing eye to eye with, CPS still works. If you have a coworker who's making things difficult, CPS still works. And once the and the basics are the same. Uh, so I think that people forget that and they look at it specifically like this is something that I do with my kid 
but um, we have often joked in the moderator group that once your lenses really shift, you can't look at anyone the same way. You start to recognize that everybody does well if they can, not just our kids. So just sticking that out I there. I find this that morning. is so true. <laughs> well, you know what's interesting? You bring that up. Um, Dr. Green and I were just talking about this, and I don't know if, if folks have started noticing if you're on Facebook or get our newsletter. But we have started to put together a series of short workshops, like hour and a half long, um, that are not teaching you how to do CPS necessarily, but they are related to CPS. So we have one coming up this month with um, Principal Ryan Gleason, who's talking about building leadership density and kind of priming the pump in your school um, for CPS to be successful. Um, we have another one coming up this summer, uh, again, for educators around how does PBIS jive and live with CPS. And so we're, we're starting to kind of build in these workshops. And I had just talked to Dr. Green uh, about a, two weeks ago or so in saying that what do you think about tackling one that does exactly what you're talking about as far as illustrates the model for um, collegial relationships? And that's kind of the first one that we went to and we might end up doing something with spouses and families and partners mm -hmm. later. But um, so that is something that we're kind of kicking around right now that would maybe come to fruition in the fall um, if all goes well. So, um, and actually, I think that I would be um, doing that one. Um, and I don't know if I would be doing it on my own or not yet because we're just at the early <laughs> stages. But um, it's something that, yeah, it, you know, I've um, in my other life, um, I have always been a manager and um, a, a supervisor of uh, staff in different uh, programming, mainly around serving youth uh, in residential care. And so you're exactly right. Like as soon as you flip your lenses, you see everybody this way. So even your colleague who's always late, even, you know, your supervising you doesn't turn something in on time, even – you know, somebody, an adult at work who's not talking nicely to somebody else. Like, these are all things <laughs> that can be addressed, you know, most usefully using the model. Because even though you might, as a supervisor, have, you know, in your hands the ability to do um, a written warning or, um, you know, a professional development plan, um, which is basically – you know, an extended written warning, right? <laughs> These are the things you're going to correct in <laughs> yes. 30 days, right? Or you're gone. So even though you can do those things, it doesn't mean that that's going to actually help. In fact, you know, you're not creating relationship when you do that. And everything goes better in the context of a healthy, strong relationship. And, you know, as a, as a manager, you want people doing um, – you know, do, doing the right thing and meeting expectations when you're not watching. And yep. if you're only pursuing things not going well, um, you know, in a plan A fashion, then you're not, you have no guarantee that whatsoever. It's the same in parenting. I actually just said this to my husband the other day, you know, <laughs> that you, you want, we want our daughter to think this through when we're not there to do it for her. You know, like we give her the chance to think it through and, you know, provide some information and some parameters, but give her the chance to work it out instead of just handing her the answer. Because we want our kids to 
you know, meet expectations, quote unquote, right? Even when we're not around, that is really the goal <laughs> here, right? So, um, and Plan A doesn't do anything to ensure that, does it? Because it doesn't teach any skills. It really doesn't. <laughs> well, and you know, we we often yeah. hear people say, people who are critics of the model, who say. But that's not how the real world works. In the real world is very plan A. And it's always wonderful to remind people that it, when it works best, the real world is not plan A. <laughs> when, when things are... are <laughs> I, before the job that I have now, my, the job that I actually get paid for, um, I used to be an HR department of one in, for a fairly large medical practice. And one of my employees who had had a really hard time for a long time and before I came into the position was probably on her way out, uh, said to me, you know, Jennifer, I never mind when I have to make an appointment to come in and talk to you because even if we end up in a place where you can't do what I'm asking you to do. I always feel like you've listened and you've actually heard me. So I leave feeling better anyway. And I said, well, that's what, what CPS does. It gives everyone a seat at the table. I love that. I love that. What a testament. I recall once, um, in residential when we were learning the model and I was having to talk with a staff that I forget what was happening and that he was not um, meeting an expectation. And he said, well, don't try that stuff with me. I said, what <laughs> stuff? You mean, you mean hear you out, let you know where I'm coming from and work together to figure out something that'll work for both of us? Would you rather me just write you up? And he was like, when you put it that way, <laughs> right? Like, um, which I think is funny. And, you know, it's really helpful, especially when power dynamics, which can take all different shapes and forms, are involved in a relationship as they are parent to child, right, but also in a supervised relationship at work. Um, You know, not everybody can have a seat at the table if we're not accounting for that. And just because you're in a position of power doesn't mean you're right or doesn't mean you know how to fix it, right? And so rather than risking misusing that power, um, which is by definition oppression, actually, right, then, you know, you're, you're inviting, um, as you said, everybody to have a seat at the table to figure something out that isn't working well. And everybody's um, perspective is valid. Even when perspectives are different, they're still valid. Mm-hmm. And that right there is my guess of why, you know, you got the feedback you got <laughs> because you did <laughs> some great validating, you know, of this person's experience, even um, if it was different than yours. Right? Yep. So I could talk about this all day, but I know that this is not the topic <laughs> of our podcast. But um, I am looking forward to, uh, you know, maybe doing something like towards September, October, um, and maybe you and I can put our heads together about that, Jennifer. That would be really, would really that. exciting. Yeah. Um, 
So I, I had a couple things to mention before we dive into emails. We still don't have callers at this time. Um, okay. What did I want to bring up? I wanted to mention that um, we are just uh, floored, speechless, really, when it comes to the amazing work of many, many members of the B team in helping us to um, – Sorry, my computer was starting to just shut right down. So let's hope that that does not happen. I think I stopped it. Um, <laughs> that would not be good. Um, but the many members of the B team that really rose to the occasion and helped us to problem solve something that we've been talking about for a long time, which is how to transcribe mm-hmm. these podcasts in a way that is um, financially viable. Lives in the Balance is actually a really teeny tiny nonprofit. Um <laughs> And some people donated their time and actually transcribed some key podcasts, which we are slowly but surely getting up on the website. Um, It's only being held up by the fact that the website is actually going to be changing to a whole new website any day now. And so (laughs) because that's happening, if I add stuff to it, it'll get missed in the, um, you know, the, uh, the changeover. And so I added some. And then we'll go back and check and make sure they're still there and the changeover, and then we'll continue to add more. So where we do list our podcast, and it typically says listen now, there's also going to start to be a link that says read now to the transcripts. That's Um, that's wonderful. Some people donated money. Yeah, I'm so excited. Some people also donated money so that going forward, um, and, you know, uh, we're going to take all of the 2020 and 2021 episodes that, people didn't already transcribe and put them through a service. And starting today, um, this will be the first podcast that we transcribe through the service pretty quickly, like within, as soon as I can get to it, probably within a day or two. Um, and so <laughs> that's, that's wonderful. very exciting because it's something we've always wanted to do. Yeah. And just financially, we were a little strapped to do it. Um, so we are just real excited and uh, so grateful to to the B team folks for helping us really figure this out, um, and you know wanting to be more inclusive, of course, in our uh, offerings. And on that note, also starting to close captions and videos, which um, we have a few different options. We had some people transcribe some videos for us, which is great. Um, we are uh, exploring a service as well, um, and so. The, and the only thing, again, that's kind of holding that up is we're actually updating a lot of our videos. So we're, you know, <laughs> got an eye on all of it coming together. Um, and, again, just want to extend our sincere thanks um, and appreciation. It was just really overwhelming and wonderful. So, um, <laughs> so never so, underestimate unless the you power have of a parent. <laughs> I know, I'm telling you, right? I'm Um, And it's just incredible, just incredible. Um, Okay, I'm going to give the call-in number again, and then we will uh, jump on to some emails. Uh, Let me see here. I'm just checking in case this is Dr. Green turning it on. No. Okay. Um, Call-in number 347-994-2981. Make sure to press 1. And we're happy to answer your question. And, again, this is our last time live until September. So if you have a burning mm-hmm. question, please definitely call in. Um, but we do have tons of emails to keep us busy if we don't end up with any callers. Um, okay. 
This mom says, I was wondering if behavior language ever makes its way into the define adult concern step. When I interrupt my son while he is gaming or on YouTube, he may pause, but will erupt and scream at me. My unsolved problem is difficulty pausing when we need to talk to you. My son may argue that he does indeed pause. He does. But the issue is how he treats us. So in the define adult concern step, which is step two of the model, is it okay to say, quote, sometimes I need to communicate important things to you without getting my feelings hurt? I saw on one of the worksheets, K, to define how it makes the child or anyone else around him feel. But that does get near mentioning behavior, so I wanted to check. And that's the end of our email. Do you want to jump in first, or do you want me to kick things <laughs> off? Completely up to you. Uh, you're welcome to go ahead. That way I won't cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it is so funny because there's a little lag on the, um, on the audio from, you know, from us as, uh, as hosts and people who call in. So there's always that risk of, of cutting yeah. off, which is unfortunate, <laughs> but. Anyway, we just roll with it. Um, so I, I love that this is a question about step two, because although we talk a lot about step one, the empathy step being the longest step, the most difficult step, the step you want to take a lot of time with, we often say step two is the least difficult step. It's only a sentence or maybe two, except the wording of it can be tricky. So I appreciate this conversation. Um, First, though, let's talk about the wording of the unsolved problem. So difficulty pausing when we need to talk to you. And so it sounds like he does pause. And so I might suggest that you reword your unsolved problem um, and insert a little more detail about your expectation. So, you know, difficulty um, pausing your game um, or YouTube. Um, uh, and um, and talking to us. <laughs> um, and you could put nicely. You could do something like that. Um, you know, and you could even maybe get more specific if you want to, if it happens all the time and you just want to kind of narrow the conversation and just talk about how it went down yesterday, then that would be fine. Yesterday when you were on YouTube, it seemed difficult for you to pause and talk nicely to us um, about our question regarding the dog. Right. So it might happen all the time, but you might want to narrow it down and get real specific about that. And um, the other thing that that does for you is every time this seems to play out, it might all look the same, but it might not be the same. And so kind of starting with a highly specific example that's recent will not only help his memory, but also once you solve that and things that are similar like it going forward, you can have this intentional conversation of, you know, is that the same? If you solved it for YouTube, then is it the same when you're gaming? Is it the same when we're talking to you about going to grandma's? Is it the same when it's your sister who actually asked you to pause and talk and asked you a question about her homework, right? So just sort of doing that due diligence to make sure that just because it looks the same, it is, and that the solution will transfer. And if there's different things to learn about the slight differences in the situations, then good thing you asked, right? So I might... Um, address your question by 
Justin Yamsel's problem a little bit and being more specific about your concerns, especially where, um, I'm sorry, more specific about your unmet expectations, especially where you're saying he is meeting the expectation of pausing. So I would actually be more specific about what it is you hope that he does once he pauses, and that might take care of what your question is. I do think, though, that we can still talk about the wording of the, of the adult concern in step two and when you're ready for that. And remember, we're not ready for that until we do a full summary. Even if you've summarized already, you want to do one last summary of everything your child has told you in the words they used um, and ask for, is, you know, anything else. And is there anything else that makes it difficult for you to, um, or that made it difficult for you to pause uh, YouTube yesterday when we were asking you about the dog and talking nicely to us. Um, if the kid says, nope, that's it, you got it all, then you're ready for step two. And this is when you can say what your worry is when he, it sounds like when he pauses but does not speak nicely, right? Um, and you're right. We do uh, prompt parents to think about their concerns or worries by thinking about how the unsolved problem affects the kid thinking about how the unsolved problem affects others around the kid, including you, um, right? And so, you know, I know for me, if, when that happens in my house, um, and this isn't words you have to use necessarily because I think you're real real close and real, you know, pretty on spot with the way that you're wording your concern. But I know for me, it, it, it you know, uh, it makes it so that I can't actually say what it is I was hoping to say, <laughs> And so, like, I might say that um, when, it, when it happens that way, I might forget what I want to say or I might uh, feel like I can't say what I want to say and then we end up not being able to figure something out or maybe it has to do with a time pressure or something, right, um, which I think is completely fine. And if, it's, if it is just that, you know, it, it doesn't feel good, you could say that too, for sure. Um, so... Yeah, Jennifer, any additional thoughts on this one? Um, I, the only other thing that I would say is that as I was listening to the email and then to you, Kim, is that I was thinking about why it's important that before we start the conversation, before you even open your mouth and say a word to your kid, it's important that you've really established for yourself what is the expectation? Have I made that expectation clear to my child? Am I certain that my child understands that expectation? Because when we first started with this, I discovered that there were a lot of things that I thought were clear that in my head they were very clear, but that I have a child who's a very rigid thinker. So if it's not 100% A, then it must be B. Uh, and so he didn't always understand what I wanted from him. So if your expectation is that when you ask your kid to pause, that they physically pause the game, turn around, look at you, and give you all of your attention, that's different than if your expectation is that they pause the game, but 
you know, don't have to stop what they're doing entirely just so that they pause their attention on whatever it was that they were looking at before and direct at least enough of that attention to you to understand what you're saying. Uh, and if your expectation is that your child literally at your whim stop what they're doing, turn around and focus all of their attention on you, that may not be an expectation that they can meet. Uh, I know for a long time in our house it wasn't. And what I learned over time is that just because my kid is not looking at me, just because it appears that they're not paying attention, doesn't mean that he's not hearing what I'm saying, that he's not processing it at his own speed, and that he isn't going to be able to respond to me having heard what I was saying. But I had to drop that expectation that it was going to be uh, full body listening. <laughs> uh, full body listening is not something that really anyone in my house is capable of doing. It's not an expectation any of us can live up to. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we're not hearing each other. And it's important to make sure that your expectation is clear, that you're sure your kid understands what it is, that they know what they have to do to meet it, and that it's a viable expectation because if it really isn't, then all you're going to do is frustrate yourself and your kid in insisting on an expectation that they're never going to be able to meet where they are right now. Good stuff. I love it. Thank you so much. And in that vein, we do have a caller. Oh, so I am going to... Say good morning to area code 250. You're on with us. How can we be helpful today? Good morning. Yes. Hello. I did also write an email, but I wasn't sure which one might get in. Um, <laughs> hi. Um, so I have a 19-year-old daughter. Um, well, actually, sorry, 18-year-old daughter. We have tried um, the CPS in the past, probably not very well. Um, and it was kind of disastrous, so we have basically avoided it for the last few years. Um, and I'd like to reintroduce it, but my challenge is, is that every time I try to, I don't know how to get leverage on her behalf. I don't know how to get leverage because to have an expectation, particularly for an 18-year-old now who's graduated, it's really hard because she will tend to say, well, it's not your business, it's not your problem. Uh, get out of my life, um, all those kind of things. So I'm curious how you set it up to even begin to get the whole concept of buy-in for someone who really isn't, doesn't appear to be interested in buying in. Hmm. Excellent <laughs> question. Jennifer, do you want me to kick things off or do you want to get things started? Um, well, I can say that Everybody wants to be heard. I don't know if if you heard the conversation that Kim and I were having at the very beginning of the show about using the CPS model with people who are not your children. 
Um, but everybody wants to be heard. Everyone wants to feel like you've heard them and understood them. And part of the challenge, I think, especially if your daughter is, you know, 18 and, and feels like she's a grown-up now, that if she's gone through 18 years of Plan A, it's very hard to suddenly believe that you know, you're going to approach something differently. Uh, and the only, yeah. Yeah, go on. the only the only suggestion that I would make is to you know, is is she familiar with the the way that a Plan B conversation works? Does she understand the sort of the framework of it? The, well, the nickel um, version. <laughs> Yeah, no, pro probably not anymore. And that was another question that I that I'm that I haven't read about in 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 the books. Is do you are you explicit about the approach? So do you say, hey, we're going to try a, a are we going to try a, a style, a conversational style, in order to kind of solve some problems around here? Do, are you explicit or? Uh, I was, but you know that's oh, yeah, because I knew that that's what it would take. Okay. Uh, and and because she hates any of that kind of stuff, right? I'm sorry. She hates any of that kind of stuff. Any kind of anything that smacks of therapy, she hates, right? <laughs> so, so she's kind of all her. Then you know, I, I wouldn't wouldn't explain it that way. Tell her maybe. I think in your spot, what I would say to her is. I feel like we've been fighting so much. I don't want us to fight anymore. Can we try something different where there's a lot more listening involved? And I had to give my kid permission that if I started to fall into plan A, I gave him permission to call me on it. I said, you know, if you see me starting to do this, it's okay for you to say, hey, you're not listening to me. And the first time he did it, it was kind of a surprise. He said to me, why are you even bothering to ask me when I know you're just going to do what you want me to do anyway? And it was like, oh, my, I'm really not listening. Uh, and and that, that helped us get back on that track. But giving him permission to call me on it made a huge difference having him understand that this was something that I wanted to do because I hated feeling like we were at odds all the time. Uh, and I think that I, I said to him, so we're going to try something where you tell me what's bothering you about this situation, then I'll tell you what's bothering me, and then we'll try to work together to find something that helps both of us. So the challenge, and my challenge is, oh, okay, sorry. That may sound too much like therapy to her. <laughs> well, no, my challenge is that I don't, she, she doesn't appear to be interested at all, and she's challenged in collaborating. Because I would say it actually mainly hasn't been plan A. It's, lately it's been a lot of plan C. And mm -hmm. unless things go her way, there are lots of consequences, and, and I think because she's been quite challenged. I mean, she's been suicidal. She's got we got holes mm -hmm. in the wall. You know, after a while, you get a little bit scared of like you know, um, even a kind of. Um, and she has difficulty problem solving, right? I mean, it's not one of her strengths. Yeah. 
So, but I, but the basic, even the basic apparent desire to collaborate kind of isn't there. It's like I, it, you can do it on a transactional level, like I'll do something for you, you do something for me. But the the, the caring piece, the the oh yeah, sure, this makes things better. Like she's got really low frustration tolerance. She'll when when I start the conversations, often like after about two turns, she'll just leave the room. Um, and then it's really hard to get her back. So I, I, I'm just curious about you might how. Want to con- yeah. You might want to consider not starting with a face-to-face conversation. Mm. And you know, I don't know if she uses a phone or text. Yeah. Or if notes or something like that would be a little less in her face. Because I, I, I would, I would suggest that. She probably wishes she could collaborate <laughs> and that <laughs> the desire to have things go better is buried deep, but it's there. Yeah. But it's buried. Okay. Right. And so You're right. No. I would kind of go with that thinking, you know, and then right. it's just about, you know, how do you go in? So, so the front door is not working. Sounds like the back door okay. is not working either. So you're going in a window, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> her window. Um, yes. And so, while we do love transparency and being explicit, it's your judgment call. It doesn't work for every kid, right? So it's Got your it. judgment call on whether or not you, how much you want to say. I mean, one angle could be, hey, you know, you're an emancipated adult now. We're all living under the same roof, and we're kind of like roommates. <laughs> so one way that roommates work things out is to, um, and then however you want to explain it. Um, or again, not. I mean, maybe maybe that isn't the way to go for her, Um but I would mm-hmm. think about not thinking of, of, of the conversation happening face-to-face at first anyway. Um, okay. I would also say that even though she's 18 and it sounds like she has um, some language, that she might not have the language she needs to be a full partner in the process the way that um, you might hope and that no, you might doesn't. need to, yeah, and then in step one you might need to take some guesses. And um, we call, you know, uh, we, like the, some version of the five-finger method that doesn't upset her or make her feel like it's babyish, but, you know, where you take guesses and she gets to rate you on how close you are, you yeah. know, on okay. one, you're way off, and, and five, you're, you're on. Um, the other thing is I would say if she meets you with the it's not your business and it's not your problem, that's actually the start of her concern. And roll with it. Now, I know she might exit the room, and it might not be that you want to go after her, right? But the next time you find a two-minute window, you would say, you know, I get, you know, yesterday we were talking about how it's difficult for you to take care of your dirty dishes after lunch. Um, you had said, it's not it's not my business, and I want to know more about that. So it's not my business. Like, fill me in, right? Um, it is the beginning of her perspective, and mm-hmm. um you know, my guess is you might get some of that, well, I'm 18 now, stuff that comes out. And my guess is that the problems you're talking to her about existed before that happened since she turned 18. And so, you know, maybe you'll start to get to some more of uh, the, the meat of the information that could help you actually, you know, solve the problem thoroughly. Um, so, so that's kind of oh, what I would say. Find your window. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, and it sounds like then you're not necessarily having the full conversation, like a 45-minute conversation all the time. It might be two minutes there, two minutes here, and you're nudging Absolutely. forward. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Oh, I, I guess sure, I, you know. I guess I feel there's a bit of a gap. Like in the explosive child, it seemed very explicit, and then in raising human beings, and I just didn't feel like I couldn't find a place for the teen. Like, you know, because it's different with teens, right? Especially for this teen. Yep. <laughs> so, um, okay. Well, thank you so much for that. Well, and I, I would say too that I have said on here before that I often think about plan C as the world's longest empathy step. Uh, so even though I'm plan seeing it, you'll say, so, you know, I noticed the other day when we were doing this, you got upset about, you know, you got, you got very tense. Um, just, I just want to know how you were feeling just so that I'm continuing to check in because the more that he feels like I'm listening to him about something, the easier it becomes for him to talk. And when I say talk, you know, that may not necessarily be a face-to-face conversation. Uh, it might be two minutes in the car while I'm driving and he's a passenger. It might be a text here. It might be a note left on his desk. Uh, we had an entire conversation one day where he was younger at this point, but his stuffed animal told me what was going on with him instead of him. Uh, <laughs> you know, so, so sometimes you have to redefine what a conversation looks like too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm, yes. And, okay. and even if you're planned seeing it just to encourage, you know, I'm not going to try and make this better right this minute. I just want to know what's going on in your head. And the more it becomes obvious that you really do mean that and that you are listening and hearing what she's saying, the more likely she'd become to actually share something voluntarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and um, do you find... Um Oh, I've lost my train of thought now. It's gone. Doesn't matter. <laughs> um, I was going to say something. Well, you can say? always email back yeah. into us, or you know, join us in September. Let us know how it's going, and if you're on Facebook, yeah, thank you. Join the B team group. We, yeah, you know, I'm, yeah, keep I'm in on, touch. And yeah. thank you so oh, much. Good. Good. Well, thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. We do actually have another caller in our last couple of minutes here. Oh. Area code nine seven eight. You're on. How are you this morning? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Good thanks. Can you hear me? Be helpful. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I'm, we actually have not really done any of the CPS model. I've just been doing a little research because um, I feel like I've tried everything and nothing's really working. But um, I have a 12-year-old who was diagnosed with being on the spectrum, um, and she has some learning disabilities, but um, we're really struggling with some dangerous behaviors, and um, it's mostly, you know, when she doesn't get her way. Um, so we say no. She asks multiple times again. We say no. You've already asked that. We've said no. Um, and then she will, like, a couple of days ago, she put her hand through a glass window, and we had to bring her to, you know, the ER for stitches. Um, a week before, she 
threw, my husband was cooking when she was getting upset, and she threw a pot of hot boiling water on the floor. Um, we just don't know. Like, it is, it's hard because obviously we don't give in. We don't want to give in, you know, but at the same time we don't want to get her so upset, and we don't know how to stop her from getting to that point where she's so upset that she does, you know, really dangerous things. Yeah. First off, very sorry to hear that that those things are happening and that you're all um, having to deal with all that. That is a lot for all of you, for her and for you guys. Um, a lot of couple things that we like to talk about, and uh, I'll sort of throw out a few ideas, and then Jennifer, you can join in in the last kind of five minutes here on our program. Um, the, I heard you talk about, you know, we don't want to give in because, you know, of course, all of us as parents have been taught very early that we don't do that. We don't give in, right, um, because that's not going to go well. And, you know, we would agree. We just we define giving in pretty specifically. For us, giving in is when you start with what we call plan A, <clears throat> some version of no, you can't, you must not, you've got to stop some version of that, and whatever's happening gets worse, and you described how things get worse for her, right? And then we kind of go, well, wait a minute, we don't want it to get worse, so then we back off and go, never mind. That is giving in. Um, We talk a lot about being strategic and prioritizing in a way to stabilize by relying less on plan A, and doing a complete and thorough assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems, or ALSIP, so that you know all the unsolved problems you're trying to work on, because you can't work on them all at once. And then for the ones that are not high priority, they are plan C. C means you don't bring it up right now, right? C might also mean Mm -hmm. it's so big, but it's not priority that we can't just not bring it up. So you need sort of a Band-Aid interim plan. Going with plan C from the gate is not giving in. Going with plan C straight away from the gate is prioritizing and stabilizing, which are really, really important. And a lot of parents don't feel like they have permission to do that. A lot of teachers in educational settings don't either. (laughs) And so we talk a lot about how you're not giving up your power, you are not giving over control, right? Um, You can't give up your power even if you wanted to. You know, it's yours, and she knows it, right? This is about using your power and your influence differently to be strategic and prioritize and to stabilize the situation, right? So there's a lot of expectations she might not meet. It's important to make all of them as predictable to you as possible using the ALSIP so you can get ahead of them as many as as you can, be ahead of the game, right? Using proactive plan C for the ones that are not big fish, high priorities. And again, whether that means you just don't bring it up, you you temporarily remove the expectation, or you um, have a band-aid interim plan. And then the ones that are high priority, you're doing plan B on, which is working on them outside of things going bad, out, you know, in a neutral moment, (laughs) 
or outside of when she's not meeting the expectation. And the way you pick your priorities are, are your big fish, the ones that are leading to the most unsafe behavior, the ones that are happening most often, something like that. But plan C, which parents often feel like, gee, we, we can't do that, that's not good parenting, um, it actually, once you give yourself permission to do it and realize it's not going to teach her that she can do whatever she wants because it doesn't teach that. But that's our fear as parents, right? Um, then you can sort of start sorting it all out. She's got a lot of unsolved problems, right? We can only work on one or two at a time, and we need to make forward progress. What are we doing with the rest of them? And, oh, by the way, when we use Plan C, it keeps things calmer around here so that she's then more available to us to do Plan B. <laughs> and that's sort of my short, rushed answer because we're uh, Blog Talk Radio is going to boot us off in about a minute here. But um, <laughs> I wanted to try to offer those words as sort of a beginning and encourage you to, if you're on Facebook, join our B-Team Parents Group. Um, check out all the free resources on the website. And, um, you know, definitely email us as well if you have any questions. Is that a and start you, for you, Mom? If you are on the B-Team, if you are on the B-Team, I have a suggestion for yeah. you, and I'll post it in there because Blog Talk Radio can't cut me off there. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm, a, I'm on B-Team, I believe, so I'll look out for it. <laughs> Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, good. Because there's definitely more more to say. Yeah, there's definitely more to say. But that sort of permission that uh, it doesn't have to be Plan A. You know, it doesn't have to be. We're not giving in, and we're going to say no. Um, there is Plan C as well, and there's also emergency Plan B when you need that. So, sorry that our our episode <laughs> here is ending. Um, we definitely appreciate all the callers today and the email. And um, we'll be in, in uh, again in September. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Bye bye.